Hey everyone, it's Erica. We hope you got a chance to listen to our last bonus episode about COVID in the church, but guess what? We got another one for you. How many of you watched the Lifetime show Married at First Sight? I've watched since season one, but this season has been especially interesting and Melina, Jasmine, and I had to talk about it. But we had to bring in the male perspective with our special guest, Marcus Peoples. Things definitely got interesting, so let's get right into it. Hello, ladies. Welcome back. Hello. I don't know what I just said. Halo. Oh, that's a good song, though. I enjoy that it song. Is. And Michael <laughs> Ely is in that video. Beyonce. Oh, Halo. That's oh, Halo. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was trying I to say hey and hello. Video. You never seen the video? I think I've seen clips of it, like, um, when they're, like, showing it, like, on, like, shows and stuff. But I've actually never seen the entire video from start to finish. Interesting. Yeah. Video. It's a it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've never actually seen. Um, I'm sorry, Erica. Um, I've never seen Lemonade either. Me neither. Listen, we're gonna oh, have yeah, to. We're gonna have to have a a Beyonce day where we watch Lemonade and then Homecoming and then Black is King because oh, yeah, that's yeah. the other one. That's a new one. They are I all saw, works of art. I saw Black is King, but um, I didn't. I don't even know if I finished it, but I did see the majority of it. It's just so pretty. It's beautiful. It's really nice. Is that the one on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then Homecoming is on Netflix. Oh, wow. Just blessing all the streaming um, venues. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. And getting these chicks. She is. She's Ain't nothing like a chick. Show. Ain't nothing like a chick, honey. I like her. <laughs> <laughs> we do, Not too. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> She's pretty dope. I like that. You, I remember when Jasmine was like, Beyonce is like the sun. I was like, she is the sun. <laughs> Like I said that, like as you in the sky. No, like she's just untouchable. Like she's just she's oh, yeah. sun. Oh, okay, okay. And then she That's is. Fair. She is. She's a permanent fixture. When yeah. she wants, she'll go out when she wants to go out. She'll go yeah. out when she wants to go out. Yeah. If she yeah. wants to dim her light, she will. She will. Exactly. If she wants to shine bright. She will. <laughs> she will. <laughs> That's fair. What day is it? <laughs> oh gosh! Well, we have a special guest. Today, do we? We do. So much fun. Okay. Tell the people who it is, Melina. (laughs) It is Mr. Marcus Peoples. Oh my gosh. I feel like they know him already. And who he be? (laughs) (laughs) He is my husband. He is really excited to be here on today's episode, our bonus episode. Hey, Marcus. What's up? How y'all doing? (laughs) Glad to have you here. Thank you. Welcome. It's about time. (laughs) (laughs) he's been patiently waiting on the sidelines yes Um, i have been (laughs) yes be put in the game all right don't don't disappoint us now i promise you i got y'all today i'm giving him like um he was like you know he's been there like of course um today's episode is very different from what we normally do however he's been um reading like sort of my outline and we've had like sideline conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they've got been they've gotten deep. Yep. Um, but today's episode is um, inspired by the show Married at First Sight. Um, our bonus episode is called Everybody Hates Chris. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I know, right? Unofficially. Um, we mean hate, but we say hate, but we really mean love. Maybe. Uh. 
Mm. Uh, I mean, anyway. Okay. <laughs> like what? Um, I know Erica, you've watched Married at First Sight a lot longer than probably me and Jasmine have. Since I've seen all the seasons since the first one with um what's that girl name? Doug and who's the host? What is her name? Why am I blanking? There's a host. There's a host. They do like a um little pre-show before uh, each episode where they like talk to the cast before each of Jamie Jamie and Doug yeah they, they were on season one. one yes so Jamie Jamie Otis is the host of like the unfiltered parts like 30 minutes before each one um so yeah she was on the first season and now they got two kids together wow so hmm. it works just not for everybody just not for everyone. that's why it's an experiment yeah. that's gotta be like a really good um um gig like you go on a show from you know to get married and then you actually end up making um a career out of it that's not cool yeah they've had what like this is their 12th season so they've Mm -hmm. been that's 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 kind of cool that's Mm -hmm. the way to do it if you're gonna do reality tv to get them checks keep them keep them rolling (laughs) i like that um well i'm new to it so i've actually only seen like snippets of um previous seasons i know the show but i don't like really watch it but this season season 12 has been very interesting (laughs) to say the least and if you're if you're like me and you haven't watched it um you might want to tune in just to kind of get you know a good uh, like to be upset if you like to be upset yeah or throw stuff at the tv or get frustrated when you are about to go to sleep this is a show for you um (laughs) So just a little background about Married at First Sight. It's a reality TV series that started in um, 2014, um, where it follows three to five couples that are paired by experts who agree to marry when they first meet at the altar. And there are three experts that that, um, you see on the show, um, Dr. Pepper um, Schwartz, a sociologist and sexologist, Dr. Viviana Coles, who is a marriage and family therapist, as well as a certified sex therapist, and Pastor and marriage counselor, Calvin Robinson. I don't know how long each of them have been there. Has Dr. Pepper been there the longest? Dr. Erica? Pepper has been there since season one. So yeah, okay. she's been in the longest. Pastor Cal came a couple of seasons in and Dr. Viviana is the newest. The newest, yeah. I think mm-hmm. she's only been there maybe like the last three or four seasons, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, I love her outfits. Oh right? yeah, she looks fly all the time. She looks she so has good. An Instagram just for her outfits. I forget. Does she? she? Is, but yes, but <laughs> what? Yes. I'm, I'm gonna follow her. I really like her outfits, and I just like her personality. She's like the type of person that every time she talks, she's smiling. So she could be like upset with you, but you won't feel it because she's like saying everything with mm-hmm. a smile. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her. Um, so season twelve, and why this episode? I mean, this bonus episode is called um, "Everybody Hates Chris." Is because it follows a gentleman <laughs> named Chris Williams um, and Paige Banks, who the experts, with the exception of Pastor Calvin, thought they were a good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so where do we begin? So I have to be honest, I have not watched the episode i just never got around to it but i never watched the very first episode before they met the casting so, special the casting special yeah i watched um from where they actually meet and get married mm. um but i know that marcus and you guys have said that first casting episode said a lot about him so what were your um first impressions of chris 
um, as women? And um, did you see any red flags before he even went down the aisle? Well, um, so, and, and it could be, you know, just editing, right? Um, of course, they pull out the clips that, you know, are the most attention grabbers. So he could have said other things that just weren't featured. But as, as far as the things that, that were featured, um, the clip that is repeated is um, he's talking about describing what he wants in a wife. He's like, um, I want her to be a freak. I want her to be submissive. And it's like, if those are like your two, like that's your go-to. Someone asks you a question, what you want in a wife? And I want her to be submissive and a freak is the initial response. Yeah, that throws up a red, a red flag for me. Um, he also talked a lot about um, building a legacy and, and having kids. So yeah, wasn't a lot of like character qualities that he was talking about. So and he kind of came off as very arrogant as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wasn't a fan. Um, yeah, I would agree. I feel like he came off as pretty superficial and arrogant, but I mean, I think in what I've been learning personally in this world is that there's someone for everybody like that might have, that might be good for someone. It's not for me like that. He completely turned me off. Like that's not something I would want in, in a, in a mate or a spouse, but I'm like, I'm sure there's someone else. There are enough people out here that are pretty superficial and could fit that fit that bill as well, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's definitely not someone of character that I would be like, he seems like a good catch, but to someone else, I'm sure. Yeah. And I think like, I think it's normal for us to watch as women watch this show and we're like, Oh, um, we're looking at the men and we're like, I would date him. Mm, I would not date him. So I get that. But from like a, a guy standpoint what reflects did you see from that episode if you can remember back to like the everything first about him was a red flag <laughs> um i remember watching it and the moment he started describing what he thought his wife should be like erica and jasmine said like i think that was the thing where i was like get this fool off the tv <laughs> <laughs> okay. he sounds stupid um because no self-respecting man who calls himself a man of God and everything else he called himself would say, I want my wife to be submissive, a freak and all this other stuff and care more about her external appearance more so than her, her internal characteristics. What's her heart like? Mm-hmm. Who is she as an individual? Mm-hmm. What does she actually bring to the table besides just being a freak and somebody who looks good on your arm? Mm-hmm. And so hearing him talk, I was already like, he's, Definitely not somebody I want to continue to hear or see on TV. <laughs> I didn't want to hear. So he should have been X'd out. Yeah. Okay, so he should have been X'd out from episode well, one before he canceled him immediately. Exactly. Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely, just from that, I was like, like where why did the experts choose him even just from that so i'm like i'm gonna watch and see what happens but just from you know some of the other you know husbands that i've seen on the show and even on this season you know how they even came into it and how they described like what they wanted and it was just like why why did y'all choose this one (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair um 
I also thought it was, so I, I guess I'll go through the list. I did make a little list of, and I was trying to do this in chronological order and then I just, you know, I just ended it with et cetera. But um, why we don't like Chris on this show is there, the list is so long. So um, <laughs> such a long list. And I didn't even get everything because I really honestly felt bad as I was like going down memory lane. He mentions his ex-fiance during their first conversation. Um, he just got a tattoo covered up that was his ex-fiance's name days before the wedding. So it was pretty fresh. And she um, um, makes that comment to him while they're like getting to know each other right after they got married. Um, he tells Paige, Paige's friend, she is not his typical type. At the wedding reception, he asked Paige if she had a high sex drive. He has um, called Paige unattractive on more than one occasion um, to her face and to her friends. Um, he has um, he had a panic attack because she was um, so unattractive to him, unattractive to him. Um, he had sex with Paige knowing he was not attracted to her, not once, but twice before having his panic attack. He tells her he has a baby on the way. I think it was like two days into their wedding, their marriage. Um, he tells her he may want to work it out with his ex-fiance um, on the way back from the honeymoon. So this is like, what, five days in now? On the way back from the honeymoon, he tells her that he has to go to Chicago to clear his head and ask her to take his belongings to Atlanta for him. So she takes what? His... He asked her that? Yes. Yeah, she took his... Oh, yeah. I missed that because this stuff would yeah. ended up in the trash. Um, when, <laughs> when they were in the garage that time, um, mm -hmm. Jasmine, if you remember the episode where yeah. the, she had on like a blue outfit. Yeah. She's she's like, he asked her, where's my stuff? And she has it in the car. That's why they end up in the garage. Are you serious? She, yes. Mm -hmm. So she gives him um, his belongings. Yeah. I've been like, um, I baggage claim, bro. That's where they at. <laughs> Go talk to American Airlines. Sorry. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah. So he, he, <laughs> so she enters the house, you know, their um, apartment that they're supposed to enter together is um, a married couple alone. Um, he buys his ex fiance whose name is Mercedes of Mercedes because um, now she's expecting his um, child. And also one thing that I didn't really like, um, it was so much going on that I, I had to listen back to some, um, recaps, but there was a lot of um, subtext of colorism that Chris displayed mm -hmm. um, without actually saying like he likes, you know, light, light, light skinned women. He makes a lot of like colorism comments like, oh, you must be a tomboy. Um, do you always wear makeup? Um, um, I like prissy women, um, trophy wives. Like he does like these little subtext that kind of make you think like, does he not like her skin complexion? Mm -hmm. oh, I, you know? I knew that. And apparently, like when he talks to the experts, he asked for someone that was quote unquote traditionally beautiful. I was like, well, I know what that means. What does that <laughs> mean? Uh, traditionally beautiful. White skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, probably, you know, like uh, curly, if it's like curly, uh, looser curl. Looser curl. Mm -hmm. Like like his like his ex fiance. Like his ex fiance. Yeah. yeah. Like Mercedes. she's probably like on the cusp. Got to pass the mm -hmm. paper bag test. Yeah. Paper bag. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. So yeah. I missed that. I didn't Don't let her hair be too kinky now. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't ask. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see the first episode, so I don't remember him saying um, he wanted a traditionally pretty woman, or whatever. Um, I'm gonna. I'm really trying not to be short with him. <laughs> He's not even here, but I'm trying, I'm trying to be like, <laughs> trying to be objective here. Um, we also see um 
Chris around wise men. Did I leave anything out? You guys jump in if I missed something that he did. My goodness, it's been just so much. Can y'all think of anything? I think I've named a lot, but I mean, it's just, it's also, he's double, double-minded, double-minded man is unstable and on his waist. Um, so he's show he's shown a lot of double-mindedness. It's like, even from the beginning, you know, I was just in this relationship with someone else a couple months ago, and now mm-hmm. I'm in this marriage. And now that my ex-fiance has told me that she's having my kid, oh, now I'm still in love with her. I might want to get back with her. Um, he's selling Paige that he wants to divorce her. Then like in another breath is whispering in her ear, like, yes, I'm scared I'm going to fall in love with you. And she over there kicking and giggling like it's cute. Mm. But we're not talking about her right now. Um, <laughs> we'll get to Paige later. <laughs> Because we're going to talk about her, but I think, um, yeah, I forgot about that. So he's very um, just unstable. Like he really doesn't know what he wants. And I think he does make a lot of knee jerk reactions Mm -hmm. um, and doesn't think things through. And I, and I honestly, I don't really understand why the experts thought he was a good fit for the show. I still don't understand it. I don't, because if we're seeing that he's got all these red flags you know, on episode one, how could they not have seen it throughout the whole process? Anyone that was engaged, I think this was filmed in like July, August, anyone who was engaged in February of the mm-hmm. same year yeah. should not be on this show. Period. I agree. I agree. Like, I, I mean, the, the experts have gotten a lot of flack for this and the consistent message from all of them is like, this is not the person that we've seen. And I can understand how, you know, they go through like personality tests. Yeah. yeah. And they go through personality tests, which you write on paper can be very different than how the person shows up in person. And when you have to be on, when you're trying to like get in, get your foot in the door, you're going to put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. And then once you, once you in, it's like, all right, well now I can be me. And it, it definitely seems like there's an element of narcissism to his personality. Mm-hmm. So when the cameras are on, that probably amplifies that a whole lot more. So. Do you, do you, I didn't even think about this, but he was engaged twice. We find that out because um, his pastor says to Paige later on that he, um, this is his second engagement. And that when I met him, he was engaged previously. Um, and both of those didn't work out. Do you think Chris decided to go on this show because the women just decide not to put up with him? So he's like, well, if I marry someone and she happens to be attractive, then at least I know like I've gotten her. Like it's almost like a trap. I don't Do you, know if he's that. I don't know if he thought that far. No, maybe not. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I clearly, more the allure. I don't think it was that deep. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think it was just the flash of That's it all. Because you see, he'd be showing so, up in them suits just to play pool. Like, what is? Why are you doing all this? That's oh so We're not going to talk about his outfits. I cannot stand if I see him wear another plaid suit. <laughs> I'm going to. <stand. laughs> We gonna balance this out with some grace, but right now we getting the the truth, the unfiltered yes. truth. I did not. Uh, anyway, I didn't. I didn't like his um, style, but anyway, um, it's, it wasn't for me to like. It was for Paige to like. Um, but we we do see. So we see Chris around wise men. Um, he definitely has men around him that can hold him accountable. However, he's not. So how can someone who is so immature? be surrounded by leadership and still not grow. I mean, cause you have to submit to leadership. That's the thing. You can be around a leader. And if you're not, you know, open to being receptive to advice and guidance and correction, you're just going to be 
the same self that you were before you were in the presence of the leader. So I think that's the thing. And I, and I think it's important for us to say for all the listeners, the reason why we are focusing in on this couple in particular is because they just threw God all up in and through their reasoning. And it was mm-hmm. a hot mess um, from him. Apparently he was a pastor before or had become ordained. And then he had like one event where as many people didn't show up as he would liked. And he was like, the, the the whole city rejected me. I'm not doing this no more. <laughs> and he decided to go live in a car. I should yeah. have put that up there. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just it was just a lot. Um, but clearly in this sense, he was not submitted deep to the leadership of his pastor or to the accountability of the friends that he chose. So there was that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's something that me and Melina talked about um recently. And I was telling her, I was because she asked, she was like, how is it that he has these men around him and no one is holding him accountable? But for me, it wasn't so much about him being immature as it was him respecting the authority that mm-hmm. he or the lack of authority he had already that they had in his life. And I was telling her, as men, if we don't give someone enough respect to lead us and hold us accountable, then like there's no way that anybody can ever hold us accountable. But with Chris, Chris clearly sees them more as friends than mentors and people who are to hold him accountable. And Mm -hmm. so when they're having that conversation and trying to check Chris on his attitude and his behavior towards Paige, and he's like, yo, I'm done with this conversation. It shows you right there that he does not respect them in the capacity where they can hold him accountable and hold his Mm -hmm. feet to the fire and say, hey, man, you tripping, get your life together. Like he's y'all my friends and I didn't come to y'all for advice and to hold me accountable. Right. Wow. So for men that looks can look a little bit different. Like you you might have your friends and they might not take advice from your friends, but there are certain people that you might consider as like leaders or mentors. And those are the ones that you would actually kind of submit to or, or take heed of their advice. Does that? Yeah, pretty much. Right? Okay. So I think in every group of every man has those friends who you do who you will allow to correct you right mm-hmm. and who will hold you accountable and check you when you mess up however in chris's situation chris has surrounded himself with men who have these titles that appear to hold him accountable for other people and it's it's right. almost like it's for just looks yeah it's mm-hmm. like oh I'm, I'm i got past the white pastor dwight like he's my mentor however when it comes when it's time for him to be checked it's like well no nah, i don't really need you for that it's just more for looks and aesthetic right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right it was for show yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah interesting. that's what it looks like yeah like everything I, he does is for show yeah, yeah pretty I much. Think so too i um i don't necessarily so we see pastor dwight a few times um there the, he's the pastor that marries them um and he knew chris he doesn't really know Paige um until you know he's kind of confronted with what's going on but I don't necessarily agree with Pastor Dwight's advice to Chris. Um, there's one particular episode, I guess, when he's like telling them that he's going to divorce her um, and his reasons as to why he tells. And I, I and I, me and Marcus talked about this. We're watching it from a different angle than what Pastor Dwight and um, the people in real time are experiencing. So we're seeing all the disrespect and, you know, the comments and like how he's making her feel. So, of course, it's natural for me to be like, girl, you need to get out. Like, this Mm -hmm. is your chance. Run. But the advice that Pastor Dwight gives him, I don't really 
agree with it because he tells Chris, you should stay with her and, you know, play the course on um, the other gentleman. I forget his name that was with um, the pastor, but he says, you know, um, I think divorce is embarrassing um, and um, premature and immature of you to take that route, but they don't know each other. It's literally like two weeks, probably mm-hmm. a week or so when they're having this conversation with him. Um, and then they don't really know what he's putting her through. So I get why they're saying like, at least follow this process through, but what do y'all think? Like, do you think that pastor Dwight knowing Chris and knowing that he's had two failed engagements prior to this and him saying like, I'm not attracted to her. I wasn't attracted to her from day one. Um, do you think his advice should have been different as a pastor? Not necessarily. Um, I think he, I think for the most part, like even pastor, what's his name? What's the main main pastor? Cal. Um, was even like, like I, I fight for as many marriages as I can. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can't know everything that's happening in a relationship. So they're, they don't know, they don't know under everything that Chris has done, but based on just kind of, I think the principle of the thing is what they were kind of going off of. They know that Chris kind of how his character is. They know that he, um, a match like Paige would be good for him. Mm -hmm. And they, I think they also see that like marriage is something that he's been wanting. And so, um, and then maybe even just kind of the structure and sanctity, like of marriage, like they just are maybe even promoting him to, I don't know, respect it more and, mm-hmm. um, embrace the process. Like, listen, you need to, you are married to a wonderful woman. You really need to be open to try. Like you're, you're quitting too soon. Like mm-hmm. you are quitting too soon and maybe you can be the person that you want to be and the person that you say you want to be in this space because of who they match you with. They match you with someone that's compatible, like someone that would be good for you. So I don't think it's necessarily bad advice. I think that the fact is, is that Chris, it doesn't matter what you say to Chris. Like, yeah, you know, Chris is going to do what he wants to do. And I, I think what's more frustrating for me is the fact that like he just kind of like Erica said before, he just kind of um, shroud puts everything in the in the context of of, of the Bible or being a man of God mm-hmm. and his faith, and um, he thinks he's doing what he, how he frames stuff is like I'm being a man, but everything he's doing is not what a man would do, and mm-hmm. so it's like I mean I'm not going to fault anyone for telling like for I'm not going to fault the Pastor Dwight for telling him that because Chris is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something to be said when Pastor um, Dwight tells Chris, um, you're always running from things Mm. when they're having that conversation about staying married. And Chris, I think in that moment, that was the moment when I think for me where Chris became disengaged from the conversation Mm -hmm. when uh, Pastor Dwight said that. And I think looking back at things and he was engaged before I wasn't in his life to know what he, what was going on in that first relationship or the second engagement with Mercedes. However, looking at how he acts in this relationship, I think Chris also does a lot of self-sabotage mm-hmm. when he's in relationships so that he can almost make the other person feel like they're the one who actually messed up the relationship. So he's really good at manipulating the situation. Yeah, he's a whole gas And lighter. so like when you mm-hmm. see it, it's like, 
I'm not upset with Pastor Dwight and uh, the guys, the other guy that was in the room for the simple fact, but for the simple fact that the way they was trying to get Chris to understand that, like, yo, a lot of what you're doing is your own doing. And it's up to you to undo all of this mess mm-hmm. versus running from the relationship you've messed up mm-hmm. and trying to say, oh, I'm going to use my baby as a scapegoat mm-hmm. as to why I want to yeah. leave this relationship. And I think that's something to be said about Chris, too. Like, I don't know any person or man, for that matter, that would say, I'm married. However, my ex is pregnant. And so I'm going to leave this relationship for man to go and try to have some type of relationship with my ex that didn't work out all because she's pregnant. Like that's stupid to me. I was, I would never leave a relationship for the sake of trying to rekindle something that was never working in the first place. Like we left and we broke up for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. So kid or not, like I can still be in my kid's life and be present and not have to be with you because that doesn't require, that's not a requirement just because you have my child. And that's what makes no sense. And all the, all the conversations, it's like all the, all the people who are trying to hold him accountable are like, why, wh- why are you making this decision? You don't have, you can be a father and be present yeah. without, yeah. without having to yeah leave, leave your marriage. And I think, I mean, you even see him, he's just so duplicitous. Like in the beginning, when he found out, he said this disastrous news, it's awful. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. <laughs> and now you buying her a Mercedes. Now you're trying to have, give her a house. And he's like, I'm excited. And it's like, wait, so are you excited? Are you devastated? Are you like, you don't know. You don't know. I think I was watching. I watched, I watched, um, the first, it was like something on Instagram that I saw, but he says, I am called to reproduce myself and be a father. He never said husband. <laughs> I'll share the link with you guys. I'm gonna share it with you. It's so on pastor. Planting seed. Yes. He, that, I mean, that is what he said like no? during his confessional on episode one. And it was on, um, I, I found it a snippet on pastor Cal's, uh, not pastor Cal, pastor Dwight's page. Um, but I was like, what did he really just say that? He said, he had no mention of husband. He said, I know I am called to reproduce myself and be a father. And that's quotes. And I was like, whoa, please don't reproduce. Well, that's a whole, (laughs) that's a whole part of being like a narcissistic personality. Like you think Mm -hmm. your ish don't stink so much that there needs to be more, more of you. I was like, Lord help us. (laughs) When in actuality, we need less. We need less of you. We need less. I'm not. Yes. We need, we need you to be contained and we don't need to see more. (laughs) Or at least some DNA that's different from yours. I can balance that out. Yeah. (laughs) Balance it out with somebody. I, um, I did like Mercedes. I think, well, we learn later on that they did get, he says, I think they got engaged um, pretty quickly. Like, I think they only knew each other for like four months before they got engaged. So February. So they probably met in like October somewhere of 2019. It was a really quick engagement, but I liked her demeanor. Like, I don't think she's a bad person. I just think that, and I don't think Paige is a bad person. However, I just think they are with a bad person that may not be right for them, but I don't have any, I don't have any ill feelings towards her um I do agree they handled that conversation very very well I think Chris was expecting for them to fight fight over him um but they both handled that conversation very maturely yeah got him in his feelings (laughs) I don't think yeah no why you gotta leave I don't think that they um go read his bible remember he said that hey some (laughs) it's your food and my bible (laughs) because that's how he said I think I tuned him out. I don't even remember him saying he was going to read the Bible. Yeah, and that's the point. The I mean, point don't is, know a Bible, right? 
but talking about God, all the God. I'm like, bruh. Um, I do agree with something Pastor Dwight did say. I didn't agree with him saying you need to stay with her because I was thinking like, no, after what I saw, he don't need to stay with her. He need to leave. But Mm -hmm. from their lenses, I I agree with it. I do agree that he said, um, you know, you didn't take this vow from in front of me. You did it in front of God. And I had a little funny joke because I was like, man, they got married in 2020 and God was canceling all weddings. So I don't even know if God was there. Because I thought he, he God probably like, you, you know what, in 2020, did I cancel everything for 2020? How is this still going on? Why are people still getting married? <laughs> Especially at first sight. But um, yeah, he did. He This is a vow that they took in front of God. Um, and his wife does um, trump anything. And that's how, you know, if you agree with that order, then I agree with that. Like God, your spouse, your children, things like that. So I don't agree with him saying, I want to be with my ex because of a child. Because if now you're married, your wife should come before that. Well, um, the problem is he said that to her. He said that he to me. I was just going to say, when they were in Vegas mm-hmm. and he finds out that he's pregnant or she's he's he has mm-hmm. a child on the way, he tells her mm-hmm. at the dinner table, you're my wife. You come first. Like mm-hmm. nothing else is nothing else will matter. Yeah. And she says, well, you have to show me. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is when he gives her the flower from the table. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then and the so next now day. the next day, it's like, oh, I don't want to be with you no more. I want to be with my baby's mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he knows. He's a whole crown. Right. Give him a red nose, <laughs> the hair, all of it. Because he. He a clown. Well, I, he's to me, it's just like a like a very good example of like a snake, you know, and like the mm. devil, how like, you know, the devil, when Jesus was in the in the wilderness for 40 days, like, you know, gave a lot of what the Bible kind of says, a lot of what God kind of says. And then mm-hmm. God, you know, has to flip it. Jesus flips it. And it's like, actually, this is mm-hmm. what he says. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like Chris knows enough to manipulate manipulate. Mm -hmm. um, and be able to use it. But like, he can't actually walk it out. Like he doesn't know how to actually make it applicable for his life. And those type of people are dangerous because they know how to feed on. And I think that was the other thing that made it very difficult to watch with Paige because she is so very big on her faith. And he tapped in on that. Every time she would back away, he was like, you lead a Bible study, pray for me. I love when you pray for me, girl. I feel closer to you. Yeah. Let me tell y'all. <laughs> the moment this fool suggested that they have a Bible study and she asked, Are you going to lead it? The look he gave her right. yeah. said enough that he wasn't going get, to get nowhere near a Bible. He wasn't going to pick up a Bible. He hadn't he probably seen the Bible since he left the church. <laughs> and so when he suggests that she leads the Bible study, I'm like, Bro, you already out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it that you can make all these mistakes, suggest Bible study, and then tell her she has to lead the study? Right. I'm like, bro, like, you are the worst. Like, that's what I think I hate about church in general, Black church mm-hmm. specifically, that we allow people to carry these titles who may not even know the Bible, but or they know some degree of the Bible and they use it for their own personal gain. And in most instances, it's to like manipulate relationships with women who are like spiritually, spiritually vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in a way. And so you see it with Chris throughout the whole season. Like, like mm-hmm. you said, Jess, he's using his her faith as a way to kind of drag her back in and make her feel like, well, this is God's will. And she's saying at the entire season, like, yo, this mm-hmm. is God's will. God, I'm going to put them on me and not can bear it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if you say this one more time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm tired of it. Because it's like, I think that goes back to that accountability piece. Black church has done a horrible job when it comes to men holding men accountable and teaching men really how to engage in relationships with women with women and really how to walk it out. And so you see people like Paige and other women who pay the price of it because the church has done such a poor job of calling men out instead of like focusing on the women all the time. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Marcus. I want oh, the people th- in the back to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that was actually my next question. Like, so does leadership start at home? We see that Chris, so Chris's parents, um, you know, they're in the first episode when they get married, his father was, who is, I'm not sure if he's currently, but definitely was a minister and might still be a minister. Um, does leadership start at home? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what did y'all think of, um, his father and his, and his mother, his, like, looking at Chris, do you guys think that they, they are the church? So if we're going to like be talking about a church, they are physically in the church, the building Mm -hmm. as, as a minister and as a minister's wife, like to have you. And I wasn't sure if they were together, but if they were still together, I'm not sure that wasn't clear either. I don't know, but they were in the church. Yeah, at some point. At some point, they were together. And I feel like his dad, number one, made a lot of, um, they objectified her throughout the first episode mm-hmm. and they, they mm-hmm. labeled her. And it was like, oh, I want a honeymoon baby. Um, when he first met, you know, his daughter-in-law, it's like, oh, I'm really looking forward to a honeymoon baby and make sure when my son comes home that he's relaxed and, you know, a man has to express <laughs> himself. And, and and I'm like, sir, this is gross. Like, what are you doing? It was, it was really so creepy. weird. It's like, oh, yeah, like you're, you're my father-in-law and I just met you. And you're like, yeah, you're my, you're my, you're type, my type of daughter-in-law. daughter-in-law. <laughs> like, oh, ew, gross. <laughs> so <laughs> like, gross. For vibes. And I don't, I don't know if that, I felt like she was just being like labeled the entire wedding by, by the family. Like, this is your job as wife. And that can, I don't know. Did you guys get, pick up on that too? Yes. Yes. There was just <laughs> objectification coming from, from everywhere. I mean, the one thing he did, uh, Chris said he liked about her was her very endowed behind. Yes, he did. Big old booty. <laughs> that was the one thing he was completely sold on. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And the way that his father was kind of eyeing her and, and talking to her, it 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 creeped me out. I think also like when she, um, I guess after their first night, when she went downstairs and met with his family and she told them like, you know, Chris said that he's not physically attracted to me. Um, he had a panic attack and you know, it was gone for a few hours and she tells their, you know, she's like, I don't understand why he would say this to me after sleeping with me. And the mom immediately defends him and says, well, he had a lot to drink at the <laughs> wedding. As if that's Mother. an excuse. 
And so, and, and the aunt, I think it was his aunt was like, well, she, and then Paige says, well, he slept with me again this morning. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, clearly he was sober when he did that this morning. So it can't be the alcohol that made him sleep with you. Excuse me, ma'am. Like, and then the, the dad tells Chris, um, you know, this is how I feel. Chris, Chris expresses to his dad, like, yeah, I just, I'm not physically attracted to her. And I told her that, and, you know, I was honest and his dad is like, okay, I, I get that. I, I, I raised you, I raised you to be honest. And it's like, you get a pat. That's correct. Is that correct? Like, as long as you're being honest, but he also the person. But he also said, like, you need to you can't don't hurt her feelings like you need to figure out what you want, because this is not like that. You need to not hurt her feelings. So was it as stern as I would have liked it to be? No, but he did say that. I don't remember saying that I may have tuned it out. I think for me, like listening to the dad was probably like. The the biggest red flag, Mm -hmm. because you see where Chris gets it from. When he when the dad is talking to Paige and telling Paige like what she needs to do for her husband when he gets home and oh you my type of daughter in law and it's like all this stuff I'm like bro like I couldn't imagine my dad ever looking at my wife and saying any of what Chris dad said to Paige and being okay with it and Chris whether he knew his dad said it or not like I think if Paige had a conversation with Chris and said, Hey, this is what your dad said to me. I that should have been a conversation with the dad. Like, hey, dad, like Paige said, you said such and such, such. Like, that ain't cool. But because like that's what Chris was brought up around, mm-hmm. like I think you see, like, his dad is giving him this belief that, like, hey, as long as you say what you mean, you say it in a way where it don't really necessarily hurt people's feeling, but it's your truth. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And he's coddled and like fed a lot of Chris's behaviors. And so like, mm-hmm. when we talk about leadership, does it start at home? Of course it does. Like, because that's where you learn your most, your foundational, your foundation, right? Of how, mm-hmm. who you are and how you carry yourself as a person. It ain't at church and it ain't always at school. It's always, it's at home because those are the people you, you, for the first five, six years of your life, those are the people you're around. Mm-hmm. Like you you start to develop traits and you see things and you start to pick up behaviors and you start to mimic those things. And if they go unchecked, then that's it's going to be ingrained in you at this point that mm-hmm. this is how I am and this is what I can do and get away with. Yeah. And so seeing Chris and his dad interacting with each other, like his mom wasn't as much of an issue for me than, than his dad was, the way she talked to, the way he talked to Paige. And I think for me, it's just like, it goes back to church. Like, mm-hmm. Even as a pastor, I'm quite sure in his dad's church, if he's still pastoring, he's allowing men to get away with the same type of behaviors that he's allowing his son to get away with because he's not really checking it. He's just saying like, oh, as long as you don't hurt somebody's feeling, it's okay." And that's not true. Right. Yeah, I think for me, that's his dad was definitely a problem. I think where I was getting frustrated with his mom is the fact that like your job as a mother of a son is to show your son how to um, care for a woman, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you are going to be the representative of like, of how, how he treats his mom is going to be how he treats, you know, his wife. And if he's like, I don't care, or like, is he, and then if his mom just lets him do whatever and treat people, however, then he's going to feel like it's okay to treat who, you know, anyone, his mm-hmm. woman, like however he wants to, and then she, she, he will be excused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was 
like what Melina was saying, how she was like, well, kind of giving him ex- excuses. And, and it's like, you know, you should be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would be embarrassed if my son, and there are some things that I can't, like you grown now, right? Like, but I don't, I would have been like, where did I go wrong with you? What happened? I, tr- I told you to treat pe- people. Mm-hmm. period better than this. So why, why is this happening? Um, especially not your wife. Like you don't treat your wife like that. I, like, and, and so that was very frustrating for me as like a woman, I don't have children, but I have nephews and I would not want them to, you know, I want them to be, know how, how their actions affect others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want them to have like a good accountability, um, people who love them and support them around them. So it'd be like, you can't treat people like that. That's not, right. not that's not okay. Um, and if we are God fearing people, that is not what we do. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the whole time I'm watching this, I am like literally like watching with like my shirt over my face. Like, Oh my God, <laughs> like you're cringing because you're like, did he just say this? Like from yeah. episode, whatever, I think two or whatever, when they got married to now, I'm just like, Oh, I'm just like, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like this can't be real. I'm like, this is editing. It, it, it's almost, it's, I mean, I'm sure some stuff is edited for TV, but you're, I cannot believe some of the stuff that he's saying. And I mean, I've heard some stories from, you know, friends and stuff, think dates, bad dates you've been on, but golly, this is like a nightmare. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I was just completely disgusted with his parents. I was, cause I'm like, I'm like you, Jasmine. Like if, if I had a son who did this, you better hope she don't have like siblings that's gonna come beat you up. Yep. You yeah. know, like yeah, whatever you get, you get. You get because th- you don't treat anybody's daughter like this. You just no. don't. Um, yeah. Do you think that the church has actually um put men and women in danger by some of their their I guess their lack of accountability and responsibility they're passing to, you know, that they're teaching. And I, I say the church, but I guess I should say church and parents but how has this put this like I I feel like women are in danger women more so than men yeah I mean because the end of the day the lack of accountability for men is just like well they just get to do whatever they want to do and boys are fine Mm -hmm. yeah and are fine with it um but yeah definitely for for women um emotionally like Paige is going to need therapy, whether she believes that she will need therapy or not. Um, we need therapy from that. So we <laughs> need therapy. Yeah. There's there has been a lot of emotional damage that that has been done. Um, and depending on the situation, lack of accountability also um, ends up in, you know, physical abuse. Um, so there's just levels of abuse that lack of accountability that the church enables, especially you know, God hates divorce. So just thinking like you have to stay in a marriage mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. You just got to figure out how to make it work. And it's usually the woman has that has to figure out how to make it work. The woman has to adjust to whatever the man is doing because of the lack of accountability. He doesn't have to adjust. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is how I feel. Also, like, I guess, you know, in the recent... <laughs> not to go off on another tangent, but like the, the market is really geared towards women. Like that's where your money is. So if you want to sell a book, you're going to talk to women mm-hmm. and, and women are going to soak it all up. There's really not a market out there for men to buy like relationship advice book. 
Like you just don't see men doing that. Well, it also sounds like though, based on what Marcus was saying earlier, like guys seem to be a little bit more particular about who they're going to get their Mm -hmm. advice from. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to just talk, listen to any random person because you're talking about something that I'm interested in. Is that true? That's pretty much it. Um, (laughs) Like I just, for me, when I look at like women who, or I'll say this people who target women um, when it comes to relationships, like, the Derek Jacksons of the world and mm, whoever else, who else, that, whoever feel like, oh, they need to speak directly to women about women issues. That's true. Um, I feel like there's a level of like, like they're almost like predators. Mm. Like okay. they see a weakness, they stalk it, they watch it for a while. And then they like, okay, let me start speaking to this because I know like if I say X, Y, and Z, it's going to attract more and more people to listen because they feel like this is what they need because mm-hmm. this is a weakness that they have. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think with men, it's the opposite. It's like men want to be spoken to their strengths, not their weakness. So if you're a man and you you flawed and this mm-hmm. is the area of weakness and somebody's calling it out, nine times out of 10, you're going to shut down because you don't want to hear that. You mm-hmm. want men, men are so ego driven and like, we want to be praised for everything we do. We fix the light bulb. Oh, thank you, honey. Like, thanks for fixing that light bulb. You fold some clothes. Thank you, baby, for folding those clothes. And so, like, if you do something wrong or it's a weakness for you, in most instances, like, that man is going to shut down completely when you start pointing that out. We definitely see that in Chris. Because he, mm-hmm. that's not something you want. That's not something you want to address. Because mm-hmm. we don't see ourselves as having these weaknesses. Or if we do, we want to hide them so that nobody else can see them. Right. And so that's why it's hard for people to pitch to men about relationships and all this other stuff because most men think they figured it out. Oh, right. I got a relationship. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I need to do. Cool. As long as I check this box, this box, this box, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And so you see that with Chris the whole episode. He thinks like if I tell her what she needs to hear, when she needs to hear it, she'll be okay. Right. And she'll stay here and she won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And he keeps this whole cycle going all what, what episode are we on? 12, 13? Mm-hmm. almost over and so like and it's too long like, <laughs> that's exactly what the church enables that type of behavior mm-hmm. where you can go to counseling. i was telling melina i, I think it was maybe a couple months ago we were having a conversation about marriage counseling mm-hmm. and like when you get ready to get married like they don't have real marriage counseling for you at church it's like are you compatible are y'all gonna do this and are you, they don't talk about like the real struggles and issues mm-hmm. of like marriage and what that looks like as you move forward and say I do mm-hmm. like and I think a lot of people think oh if I go if we go to marriage counseling we did this for six months but the six months y'all were talking there y'all were talking about likes and dislikes right mm-hmm. not, not about each other's feelings yeah. like how mm-hmm. to do, how, it, okay so counseling and this is like um a little off topic but we did have a conversation with like people before that like oh you get married and you're having trouble having a baby, you don't know how to be there for your spouse. Mm-hmm. That's not what marriage counseling teaches you, you mm-hmm. know, like those emo- emotional moments that you're going to have and how to like talk to each other and like how to get through that together without dismissing it or overlooking it. Like this person might be going through it. Marriage counseling really doesn't prepare you for that. And um, they want to see that you're compatible with how many kids do you want? Do you want kids? Stupid do, stuff. You, do you mm-hmm. want joint bank accounts? You, <laughs> you know, it's like things like that. So yeah, it, it isn't helpful. And I think it's up to the couple um, to decide like, Hey, maybe before we have a mountain 
problem, we should address these molehills in counseling so that they yeah. don't pile up. But that's up to the couple to see if they even have that wisdom to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think like, so I, for, for myself, um, like you mentioned, Steve Harvey, I actually can respect him um, because I know he's coming from a place of this is where I messed up and this is where I'm at now. So if I'm, if you're going to give advice, please don't shy away from where you were, yeah. you know, like I, I, I can respect that about him because, and I do think some of the things he says are, are wise and he knows because he's made a lot of mistakes. The other fellow, however, <laughs> no, just have a seat. Um, but I, I think, um, where was I, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. Chris. Um, I think, yeah, enabling behaviors like that in the church and only addressing women does put women in a position where they feel like as long as I am doing everything that I am told, then I will attract the right man. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes that's not what you get. You get somebody and you're like, now I'm married and now wait a minute, but I did my part. Why didn't the man do his part? Like, well, why didn't I? And they don't think that there's anything wrong with them. Yeah, They're like, I'm fine. No, you're not. You're a hot mess. Like now I got to fix you too. After that, I'm fixed myself for 10 years. Like, and that's what ends up trying to happen. But you know, like how K Michelle, K. Michelle says, you can't raise a man. He's already grown. What you going to do? Yeah. I love trying to be nobody's mama. Um, okay. So I'll, well, now we're going to talk about Paige. Cause, uh, <laughs> she's not innocent either. I think, sure um, <laughs> You start off kind of watching this um, season and you're like, you kind of feel bad for her because you're watching things unfold. But the more you watch, um, she eventually just becomes like a doormat for everything. And she uses a lot of scripture. She says this marriage is God ordained. Um, She says um, she believes in marriage um, and she's going to fight for her marriage. And, um, you know, she thinks that God won't put anything on you that you could not bear. And it's just a lot of, I can do this. I can do this. And I, and I had this visual of like somebody, you wouldn't go to a boxing match to watch one person fight. It has to be two people in the ring for it to be interesting. And she's the only person fighting for this marriage. Like she's, she's not making any decisions for herself. Um, She's kind of letting him like drive the, the, the bus with, her emotions and where they go and what they do next. And it's, you just, you kind of stop rooting for her. I don't know if y'all are rooting for her. I'm not rooting for her. I'm just, at this point, I'm like, girl. I'm rooting for her to get that I was on the train for a while, but about two, three stops, two, three episodes back, I had to get off (laughs) because enough. (laughs) I think I was with Paige up until that, uh, that reset episode. Yes. I, I was, I was like with Paige. She was like, yo, I'm 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 gonna tell him, you know, I'm done. He's not gonna keep dragging me along, playing with my emotions. Like she was over there, her and the producer was going in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Paige, this, this is what I'm talking about. Right. You better put your foot down and to sit down and say, I think we need to reset. Wait a minute. <laughs> what are we resetting to exactly? Because from from my from just my experience of watching the episodes from see from episode one to now. It started off, he was at the altar. He saw you, he cursed because he thought <laughs> you were so ugly. He did. Proceeded he did. to tell your friends you were not his type. Mm-hmm. Told you the morning after you leave and get to Vegas that he needed to leave and calm himself down because he has had a panic attack after sleeping with you and realizing 
you weren't as attractive, I guess, as he thought you were the night before. What are we resetting to? Back to that. Because if this is the reset, then I would just throw my cards in. Now, hey, whatever I need to do to fulfill my obligations of the show, I will continue to do, but it won't be with this man as my husband. Right. And she definitely could do that. And like, I think um, for me, it was a little unclear, but after like reading like the contracts and like what their agreements are, I'm listening to, because the experts have had to, you know, speak out on their relationship. And I, because they've gotten a lot of backlash about it, but they definitely could have just had, you know, filming done separately and said that, you know, we're not waiting until decision day. We are going to go through with the divorce and we will be filming our lives separately and moving forward. And so that was, that's definitely an option. You just have to be on camera. You don't have to be together. So this was voluntarily like she's, it's almost like she is okay with just letting him do the, um, do anything he wants. She definitely is. And and she's gonna say, you know what, I'm married. But I, she she does say she's more in love with the idea of being married than she is with actually being with someone. I don't know because the way he whispers and she responds, <laughs> it listen, it's weird. That ain't got nothing to do with the marriage. That's about your attraction to that person. And like for her to still be somewhat attracted to this man, I thought everything. I'm just like, okay, well maybe like it's hard for me to dislike him without disliking her too yeah at this point mm-hmm. so like true. i have to equally dislike both of them because now i'm like you're enabling this now at this point yeah like you yeah. went from you've you, at first i saw you as like the victim like oh poor page like my heart goes out for you like i wish you you know would find some strength to stand up and now i'm like no nah, you know what forget page like you like this you like this, <laughs> you like this kind of drama this is what you live for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that might have been, this might be like a toxic cycle that she's in. She's might have yeah. had stuff like this before in other relationships. And that's why, like she said, she used to be, um, her uh, last relationship had, the guy had a baby. Yeah. Bonus mom. A bonus yeah, mom. Bonus that's mom. Called, that's right. Yeah. Bonus mom. So it's like, I think she's used to having a little bit of like chaos. Drama. Maybe, yeah. Drama and chaos and like having to fight for feeling i don't know love like have to fight for it maybe that's what she's used to i don't know but yes i agree i I mean i want her to leave i'm still rooting for her in that sense but like i am exhausted by her (laughs) this current moment it just doesn't make sense yeah i don't know i'm just I just want them to be off the show at this point. I know. I keep, <laughs> I keep I keep going back every week, you know, at the end of the episode, like they do like a little um, preview. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, they on it again. I'm just like, Lord Jesus, they coming back next week. Like, what was, <laughs> how much did they film? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think she also like another thing that bothers me with her is that she relies on like her, her faith and even like, I'm all about the, um structure like we said about like um like the man's not submitted to god the wife submitted to the husband all of that like I'm, I'm i'm about it but like you have to be discerning in in your choice of who's going yeah. to be leading you right. and he is not he is not submitted to not a thing he mm-hmm. has not made a good de- he has not even made a decision thus far and like you are so if you are so like gung-ho on like this type of faith-based uh family and 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 structure of your household what is he he, he's not someone to 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 lead you 
Right. What qualities has he shown that he's a good leader at all? And it's like, once again, we say nice things to make ourselves feel better that come seem biblical and seem Mm faith-based, but like how, what does it actually look like in application? And she is failing in that she could do better. Failing sounds so harsh, but she's not doing well in, in, in seeing that walk out or having that, walking that out. And that's annoying to me. I think of like, when I think of Paige, I think of like, I grew up in like this real Southern Baptist culture mm-hmm. where I would always feel like when I was growing up, I would hear these, the old, the mothers of the church, God will make a way. And that's what I think of when I hear Paige talks. Mm-hmm. It's like, God is going to make a way. God ain't going to make a way out of nothing with this. Mm-mm. Like, I know God can do miracles. He turned water into wine. He feed mm-hmm. the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. But this right here. <laughs> this is the exception. This, don't want this. He ain't got no parts of <laughs> this. Don't want this. I promise you, God ain't gonna make a way. <laughs> right. And well, maybe just, the way is the way out. Out. And I mean, that could she, be it. That could very well be it. And I think instead of her trying to use her faith to push her through this thing and get to the other side of what will continue to be drama mm-hmm. and foolishness, I think she needs to say, you know what, use some wisdom, go read some Proverbs or some Psalms or the Song of Solomon's or something. And get some wisdom out of one of those books and say, you know what, maybe there is a season to laugh. There's a season to cry. And mm-hmm. in this moment, it's my season to exit. Because yeah. we ain't going nowhere beyond this. And yeah, like, why do you want, even if God did, like, you know, make a way, it's like, do you really want to endure more of this with someone you didn't even know last month? Listen. Or think, two months ago. I think particularly in Black culture, like struggle love is like glorified. It like, is. And it is expected for women. Like if you ain't gonna hold him down, then what are you doing? And I, why do we have to die? Why is that even an option? Ride or die? <laughs> right? like, you know what's funny? Because I was listening to Kev on stage um, and his wife. What, y'all can't even ride yet. Forget right. the whole ride or die part. <laughs> like this is y'all, we, we've been married and I looked at Marcus. I was like, I am not a ride or die. No, somebody has to live to tell this story. And it's not easy. <laughs> like, you just met this dude. You can't be his ride or die. Like, yeah. go around the block a few times. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do you have to, why do you have to endure so much to get to the other side? For what? Is it even, and you know, where do you, my, my question was like, where do you draw the line? Like, yeah. how much disrespect are you willing to take before you say, I, you know what, this is enough. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I personally, um, before I even really started like listening to everything he said, I was listening to his life story. And when he said he lived in his car and he had the option to have a house, I was like, I would have left then. I wouldn't even have gotten to know Chris because I'd have been like, this dude really chose to live in a vehicle for months. And it's the hustle, thought- Melina. Nah, nah, because right there, that lets me know enough about you. That lets me know that you will choose to suffer when you have the option to have stability and a roof over your head and Mm -hmm. electricity. Where were you showering, bro? You was living in a car? (laughs) I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions about your life choices. And I think I hate how he tries to glorify living in his car and, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I, I slept in my car for so many months. And then next thing you know, I landed this job and like now I made it. I'm like, bro, like that was because you was making piss poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like that wasn't like you actually struggled. Like you were out back. You ain't had nothing. Like mm-hmm. you didn't have anywhere to go. 
you were just making piss poor decisions and that was why you was living in your car. Right. And so for me, it's like, that ain't nothing to really be trying to brag and talk about. Like, I wouldn't ever tell somebody, you know, I had the opportunity to go get an apartment. However, I chose. I chose. To, to sleep in my to car. Sleep in your car. Really? <laughs> really? You know. God put you through that? Like, and, then he, and then he said, God let me go through this season. No, you. Yeah, stop yeah. giving God credit for something he ain't do. He ain't had nothing to do with that. <laughs> he didn't say, Chris, choose. No, you should have had, you had enough money for a house. You have parents who love you. You could have lived. You No, no. That was enough for me to be like, yeah, we don't need to be married. I wanted to ask a question, though. And it goes back to something we talked about earlier. Um, when it comes to when it goes when it comes to uh, Chris, his mom and his dad and what they've taught him, could it be that the reason Chris operates the way he operates is because he's watched his dad operate that way with his mom? Very well, could be. I think it's likely. I think it's very likely. I mean, because that's your example. That's his example, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, this ain't something Chris has learned along the way. Chris has seen this. Type of behavior. behavior mimic somewhere mm-hmm. and when you think about how his dad talks about women how chris treats women and how passive his mom, mom was is. yeah yeah like i mean i i'm snoopy so i went on um the youtube and i found on you YouTube. know on the yes the youtube because okay. um, <laughs> the- um for, those of, for those of you out there who don't know this um you can actually see um, unless they've taken it down since then, but Paige and uh, not Paige, um, Mercedes and Chris's engagement video. And I didn't see a picture. I didn't see his dad there. His mom is there when they got engaged back in like February. This is his um, ex-fiance. And I didn't see any, like there's a photo and it's like a little like um, uh, slideshow that they created on YouTube, whoever posted it. And it was I didn't see his dad there. So, I mean, they may not be together. The mom and dad may not be together, but I do think that like his behavior was learned at home. Yeah. Whether it was uncles, aunts, family, like I think some of that definitely came from, um, from his dad. Cause that's what a woman is supposed to be. A woman's supposed to be there ready with your dinner and ready to relieve some stress. And, you know, you got a job to do. Mm. Yeah. And also whatever pastoral leadership that he's been sitting mm-hmm. under, there was a a blog post that came out about another pastor, not Pastor Dwight, but another pastor that he had, had sat under um, in years previous. And just the, the clip of the sermon that I listened to, it was misogynistic mess. I know exactly um, what you're talking about. <laughs> who you're talk, talking about. Yeah, it was. And I used to lot. follow this particular pastor. and. Oh, wow. I heard some some things that he had preached and I was like, yeah, this is straight trash. However, like there's a lot of pastors who co-sign him. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? Like where this man can openly speak to women like this in his church and people still think that it's okay. All right. Cool. And women in there. And, yeah, and yeah, women. But, and, and that's another thing. Like I see that in churches that we've attended, right? Where a pastor will get on stage during his sermon and call a woman a hoe Mm -hmm. or whatever other term he chooses to use. And the women sit there and be the main ones. You better preach, Pastor. Like, what are you talking about? He's talking to you. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's talking to representatives 
that you are familiar with. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, why is it that men can't be labeled the same thing? What are you doing? You're making the woman be this. Right. So, Mm -hmm. like, why is there no um, accountability towards men who are you know, misleading women. Sleeping like, with women in the church. Like, and they sleeping with multiple women in the church. Yeah. But they're like, there's no call out for that. There's no call out, right. yeah. There's no side conversations for that. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, we see, you know, he'll get it together eventually. Mm-hmm. But we got to have all these women conferences. How to be a better wife, how to be a better spouse, how to be a better girlfriend. Like, man, get out of here with that. How about we start being better men? How about it? Thank you, we, we would enjoy that. That we would be would great. Really tell, the, <laughs> tell, the, tell the folks. Tell all of the folks because that would be so nice. So, um, so I think Paige, you know, has accepted the treatment um, from what I see. But um, I think like, and we kind of touched on this. I think women are more um, um, targeted, I guess, through conversation at church because we're the most vulnerable but I do think that men also, to a certain extent, are vulnerable. It's just not the same way. Maybe it's not emotional. Um, but physically, I mean, I think men you are... shouldn't be opening up yourself to, you know, relationship after relationship after relationship and not really be healing from it. And I think a lot of men don't think that it, it, it affects them like it does. Well, that's because I think a lot of men operate under the guise of like, I don't really care which is not true. Like, I think men are equally, if not more vulnerable emotionally than women. And the reason I say that is because most men, and and I'll say in our generation, come from parents, well, most men come from a single parent household where it was either a mom or grandma who was raising them. Mm -hmm. And so constantly looking for attention and validation from a woman, because the, the, their mother was the one who was having to be everything for them, mm-hmm. it spills over into these relationships. And mm-hmm. when that's not being fed in these relationships, like it hurts a man, like when he's not being uh, praised almost, like that mm-hmm. ego being rubbed. And so like, when you talk about a man who don't have a father, who doesn't know what it, what it, what it looks like to be a man, how to treat a woman, how to even treat himself mm-hmm. as a man, and then you go into these relationships, there's already all these uh, voids in his life that has to be filled. And so now you're talking about going into a relationship with these voids, and now you're trying to have a relationship with a woman who might be secure in who she is. But because you so you lack so much stuff, you start doing damage over here because you don't know how to get yourself together. Mm-hmm. And so a woman who was already whole and health, healthy, like you've now brought her to your level because like you don't, you so you so broken because you never dealt with your emotional distress. Mm-hmm. And so like when pastors preach to these women, I wish they, they really would talk to men and like, and talk about the emotional aspects of like, what it's like being a man, because they like, it's almost, it's like out of sight, out of mind. Like these men are broken. We know they're broken. We know there's voids in their lives. However, we just trust that God going to fix them. <laughs> However, in the meantime, while God is fixing these men, we're going to preach to these women and tell y'all how to be better wives. Mm. So do you think, so do you think that men, um, men pastors, male pastors should be advising women? Heck no. Like if you go, I think if a woman seeks out counseling or pastoring, it needs to be from a female. I don't, I do not, I personally believe that a man should not be trying to counsel or pastor a woman. 
because it can it can I've, I, I'm not even going to say I've, it can. I have seen where pastors have been so-called counseling, but ended up sleeping mm-hmm. with these vulnerable women mm-hmm. I think- because they pray on these women. They know that these women are hurting and broken from whatever relationship traumas they've dealt with. Mm-hmm. And so instead of actually pastoring these women, they use it as a means to be like, oh, let me show you how, how I care about you as your pastor. Mm, (laughs) what do do y'all think um do you guys think that um i mean i guess have you guys ever had friends or anyone like pastoring or leading um or advising like a woman on how to date on how to date no Mm -hmm. no 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 outside of just like a sermon i have um I don't know if I've seeked it as a single. Well, I have actually. Now that I think about it, I have. And the advice was very. Um, it wasn't good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise anyone to go to a pastor for um, advice on a relationship by yourself. I don't think male pastors, um, from my experience, should be advising single women or married women. I don't. I think it's. Um, yeah, it can come across as being predatorial almost and like women are so vulnerable when it comes to that area especially if you want to be married that men typically pray that's what they do and i think a woman is better fit to do that um Mm -hmm. for another woman but i also feel like okay like it bothers me when married people um and this is coming from a married person but when you tell single people they should be married like everybody does not need to be married. And I feel like Chris in, is not the type of person that needs to be married. Like <laughs> he's not right now. Be married to himself. Maybe not right now, <laughs> but like, I, I don't like, I, that was one of the things that kind of bothered me. Like, you know, his pastor, clearly you saw him in two failed relationships. Maybe you should have advised him not to go on this show. But yeah. maybe, maybe he didn't even, well, maybe, yeah. he lied, he lied. He married them. He married them. So yeah. clearly, like, he was okay with it. But as a pastor, knowing his behavior and his track record, maybe you should have been like, you know what? I just don't feel comfortable even going on this show and marrying you. Like, I don't think that you're ready. Yeah. And it's like, he says, like, this is what he needs. Like, and I think it was episode four. He's like, um, you know, Chris needs to be married. No, he does not. He needs to be single. I he think needs he was coming from a perspective together. also of, like, understanding who Chris is as an individual and thinking that if he can marry the right person, Chris's perspective will change and like, there'll be some growing. However, Chris isn't open to any of that. It also yeah. goes back to, I'm sorry, I'm Erica, but it also mm. goes back to like being whole, right? Chris yeah. is not a whole person. Mm. So what you're essentially, what you're saying is, and I don't know, I'm, he may not have been saying this, but he's pretty much saying like, okay, he'll be whole when he meets the right person, but you should have came into that relationship already figured out got your stuff together, you know, not getting into this relationship all broken. And then, oh, this is a great woman. She's going to help you pick up the pieces. That's not her job. Yeah. Yeah. I think with, with that statement, there was no, everybody was thinking like, this would be good for you, but what about what's going to be good for her? Is it going to be good for her? Like in the, in the process as she's helping him grow up that she's being dragged through the dirt and, and go have nothing left by the time he's like, Oh, okay. Now I'm good. Thank you for fixing me. Mm -hmm. And now she's all damaged 
and broken because of all the stuff that he put her through. So I, I wish in that conversation there was more consideration about is this good for her yeah. <laughs> and yeah. not just was good for him. Wasn't that the pastor, there was a pastor who said something about his wife being a, a, a jacket, a blanket. What was she? Oh yeah. A coat. A because, coat. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's the thing is it sounded <laughs> in, in theory, it sounded good because be the women coat? on that show, <laughs> the women on that show were eating it up. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, yeah, my wife is a, is a coat, you know, I can't fit her. I have to grow into her. But the thing about it is like, <laughs> and she went through more pain, more pain, birthing me birthing than birthing our two birthing- children. Like, no, yeah, that, that doesn't sound not. appealing at all. And as the man, aren't you supposed to be the covering? Why is she the yes. covering? Yes. What's going Thank on? You. Thank you. <laughs> it didn't, it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, but that is almost the the tone of what is preached in church. It's like, oh, the woman has to endure all of these things. And I'm like, no, that is not true. Like you need to stop saying these things because it gives mixed signals to the men and to the women. And it's really dangerous to a woman because sometimes like, I don't know, like women who sometimes have been heartbroken will be, you know, will be afraid to go back in relationships. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Even afraid to go date because you're like, you know what? (sighs) I don't know if it's safe out there. Right. You know what I mean? And like, and then it's, and I just, I also hate when married people be trying to get everybody else to be married. I'm like, no, it ain't for everybody. It's hard. Um, Take your time do some growing, find the right person. This is not, it's not easy. And like, I wish people would um, maybe refer to like Paul when he was like, it is better to be like I. Right. (laughs) (laughs) When he's like, it's better to be single, but if you shall so that you don't burn in hell, (laughs) then get married, you know? But it's, I think they need to come from that standpoint versus like, yeah, marriage is great. Let me get everybody married. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, I think culture, I think culture glamorizes marriage and, and for so, and for so long people had the, like, you know, you have your, you go to high school. Some people would find their person in high school or go to college, get, find a person in college, get married young, have kids, get the house. Like, you know, that was just a part of the like American quote unquote dream. And, um, you know, all these shows about marriages and like for weddings and, say yes mm-hmm. to the dress like it's just so glamorized and I think that also f- spills into church culture mm-hmm. um and it's glamorized there too also because people want to have sex so it's like mm-hmm. let's get you married off ASAP so that mm-hmm. you can enjoy these things that married people do when you know sex isn't the only thing that's is going to like that's the last thing that's going to keep someone around you know like exactly. that's not going to keep you in a marriage um and so I think that the um that whole just mindset and the glamorization of marriage is, is on both sides. Like it's secular, it's church, it's for both it both people. And so it's hard to escape it. And that's why I think everyone's telling you to be married because it's, it's literally everywhere. Um, but my mom, my mom always talks about like, you know what, Hey, it, a lot of people get married young, but they have to grow together. And, and that's why the divorce rate's so high. Cause people grow up and they don't know who they are when they're in their early 20s or like, you know, like, you don't know. I'm completely different. I don't know about y'all, but I'm yes. like <laughs> a different individual. And so like a lot of people 
you know, they grow and they grow apart. And like, I don't, you turn around like 10 years later, like I'm in my thirties and I didn't, there's nothing about you that I like. There's nothing about our purposes that are together. And so she always talks about how, like, you know what, you have the benefit of being, knowing who you are, knowing what you want, knowing your purpose, knowing where you're going. So that when you do find that person, you guys can, um, you already, you get all that other stuff out of the way. Like marriage is hard within itself. Mm-hmm. And you have to worry about uh, growing up in it. And then like having to be like these random coverings and coats and jackets for no reason. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's random accessories, a scarf, a hat. You have to be all these things. And, and that just makes it even more difficult. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, yeah, I wish the, the conversation did switch, shift a little bit more to like, get to know who you are and what God has made you to do on this earth. Because mm-hmm. when the person that comes along that's you're supposed to be matched with, you, your your purpose is going to have y'all going in the same direction, not mm-hmm. not pulling each other, you know, in different directions. So know that first. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's all over. It's all over. People, yeah. it, it's too much everywhere. It's not God saying it. Yeah. Uh, what if uh, this is my last question? But I was thinking, like, what if y'all was related to Chris? What if he was one of y'all family members? I would avoid I'd being be like, seen that's on the that janky show. Cousin. Yeah, like, how can I disassociate myself <laughs> from this person, even if it was my brother? <laughs> Thankfully, my brother isn't like this. But yeah, no, this is unacceptable. I'd be like, I don't know who raised him. <laughs> like, he's adopted. <laughs> <laughs> we found him. <laughs> what did you say, Marcus? Uh, it would be a fight every cookout. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think at some point they would have stopped inviting me because they know, like, I'm only, I'm only coming to fight Chris. <laughs> it's so funny because he has said, like, while we're watching the show, he's like, man, I wish I was there. Like, that that Vegas uh, scene uh, oh, yeah. when like, you were at the table. Oh, yeah, when you got oh. popped off at the table. Yeah, I was like, he, he would not have done that with a real one. I promise you. Like, <laughs> look who he did it to of all people yes, at the all table. The people. Yeah. I mean, that's, it speaks a lot. Of all the people that he got into, yeah. You know, some, like, I couldn't be on shows like this. I just, my attitude, my, my makeup just would not allow me to just He's so deal immature. with people like Chris. Yeah. I do wish, um, I do wish them the best. I don't, you know, of course I don't want anyone to go through this regardless if they are allowing it or not. Um, but I do, I do hope my, my prayer for her is that she gets the help that she needs and, um, doesn't allow this to be um, something she replays over and over in her head. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's unfortunate. And I also want him to get help. Like, I do want him to be a better man. Like, if you really do see yourself as bringing children into this world, then you need to, you need to, you need to grow up and you need to start taking advice from, from those who only want the best for you. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be watching. Mm, yeah, I know. To be continued. To, to be, continued. be continued. Tune in next time. Right. On next episode <laughs> of Married at First Sight. <laughs> Will Erica throw her phone? Will right. she not? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I will say but back before um I guess we close, but um if you go to a church or any any organization uh, or business structure that's run like a church, um and the pastor wants to counsel women but will not hold men accountable then i would say like definitely do not allow that person or those individuals to counsel you 
um, because you will be misled, you will be bamboozled, and you will walk away probably hurt, more hurt than you were before you started. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. That was good. Woo woo. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Church Days. As always, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Church Days, and we'll catch y'all next time. Bye.